mere 1,200,000 zero-credits employees. I'm sorry to inform you that as of this Friday, you'll no longer be employed with zero-credits. As discussed, we think this is the best decision because of insert reason for termination. This is the final step in our disciplinary process, a decision we made after the end of your performance improvement plan launched on date. From Friday on, you will not be eligible for any compensation or benefits associated with your position. Please return company property that must be returned before date to the Human Resources Office. You are entitled to your salary of $0 up until termination date and will also compensate you for your remaining vacation days of 0 We'll also provide severance pay that will amount to $0. Please keep in mind that you have signed a non-compete, non-solicitation, and non-disclosure agreement. If you have any information about our customers, employees, or other stakeholders stored on paper or on your personal devices, you must delete it immediately. If you have any questions or f- clarifications, I'm at your disposal for up to zero working days after your last day of employment. We wish you best of luck. Zero Credits Podcast. And welcome back to the Zero Credits Podcast, the home where we talk about things. What do I say? Uh, anything you want. The show where we talk about things. My name's Henry. And my name's in the middle of filming a day in the life video, John. And together we're Henry and John coming at you to discuss the cultural happenings of that there zeitgeist in order to give the unemployed something to do with their day. Now, first of all, I wake up at 9 a.m. and I go to the company coffee shop and I get an oat milk matcha. What's that? Oh, shit. I gotta withdraw my 401k now. Yeah, that's you do. a shame. You you think it's funny that um, day in the life videos for the most part are just dreamt up by thrashing HR departments to attract young talent, and then because those day in the life videos became, which by the way are are totally fabricated, the day in the life videos. Uh, that they became like a clarion call for people to say that there's a lot of dead weight at big companies and now these same HR departments are getting sacked. Wait, what? You mean the day in the life video of the girl who I watched work for maybe, I don't know, 10% of a video and a, a, a larger chunk was playing a pinball machine to unwind after work was fabricated? Yes, absolutely. Turns out a lot of people don't really have the desire to film a day in the life of their actual job. Now, I I would not say that all these videos are fabricated, but I think it's pretty demonstrably true that a, a fair number of them that paint an unfairly rosy picture of corporate employment were dreamt up by HR departments. Yeah, and... I mean, for sure, because they highlight the benefits. They highlight of like, oh, it's the cafeteria. I come here for lunch. You can get any of these offerings. I like to sit here at this very picturesque 
you know, location in the, noticed how there's no other employees around me because we closed this area for filming. Yeah. Notice how there's no one in the lobby when I go and get my breakfast when ostensibly everyone else is badging into work. Interesting. It's interesting for sure. Uh, that's, this is not to say that those people who are laid off after making those videos, which I, I think I've only seen one, but maybe there are more, uh, they're, they, they're not, they, they still deserve to be employed and it sucks that that happened to them. No, for sure. The, the case that I'm making is that these day in the life videos that became so popular kind of created this notion that there's a lot of dead weight and not getting work done at large companies that specifically falls on the shoulders of people who are like young people who work in product or HR or marketing. Yeah. And uh, to be honest with you, yes, there is a ton of dead weight at functionally every company. I think most companies could operate at the same level of efficiency with maybe a tenth of the employees they have, to be honest with you, but it would not be pleasurable or sustainable work. Yeah, we call those companies startups, John. Yeah, and it's not pleasurable or sustainable work for yeah. sure. These not companies that can afford to lay off 12,000 people or whatever because they have a huge headcount. Uh, are also like super productive and yeah, they have a lot of dead weight, but they also have to produce a lot of quote unquote value while being sustainable. Uh, honestly, there are an equal number of like software engineers who are dead weight compared to the percentage of people who work in marketing or product that are dead weight. You think there aren't software engineers sitting around collecting a $210,000 a year paycheck, watching YouTube videos about how to write like basic code. Everyone lied to get there. Everyone's 80% dead weight and we need to be okay with it. I, yeah, I do wish management would ship up to this notion that not everybody's working all the time because let's face it. Nobody is except for maybe doctors. I don't know. I have never stepped into the world, but yeah, in office jobs, there's a lot of downtime because like, yeah, we're not going to be shipping out products every single day. Um, I mean, it's, it's fascinating just, it's that we live feasible. now, we live now in a self care culture, but we don't understand that not every hour at work is productive. Yeah. Like it's, it's just not most of the people, most of the time are dead weight at their companies it, it's just really true or on their podcasts and absolutely on their podcast i'm dead weight i'm sandbagging this podcast every single week i'm just trying to rest and vest i know i know you, you're gonna wait those 20 years to vest <laughs> yeah the 20 year cliff is really really heinous yeah. with the zero credit stock but i just hope we ipo before then Oh, no, we're we're actually avoiding an IPO because I watched a documentary about WeWork, and now I never want to IPO. Damn. Well, I guess I'm out of luck then. Yeah. I heard you crack open something, John, and this being so close to the end of no juice January, if you will, what are you cracking open? Uh, Well, I'll I'll tell you what I cracked open, then I'll crack open a short anecdote for you. Uh, I cracked open an HEB unsweetened mandarin orange sparkling water, naturally flavored with other 
natural flavors. <laughs> <laughs> Naturally Weird. flavored with something. <laughs> that's that's strange. Uh, but yes, I, I love the H-E-B sparkling water. It's very aggressively carbonated. Um, it's interesting that you mentioned us being close to the end of No Juice January because I almost slipped up. Oh, no. I know. I, as everyone knows, because I'm very famous, I'm like Tom Segura level. Um, I'm a very famous a comedian. <laughs> no. Uh, I started doing comedy again, and I had a comedy show that was this last Friday. And even though it was at a different venue than the one that I'm used to, and it had been a long time since I had done a comedy show, the muscle memory was just there, and I just walked up to the little counter at the theater and just asked for a Lone Star, because that's just always what I did when I was going to go debrief with people after a comedy show right so i I had to like slide it back to the person and be like no actually i i didn't realize it was a very odd interaction oh that's it so they took it back of course though right they did take it back they they were also like not charging me for it which was very nice of them that's Um, good but i was like hey i can't have this i know that it's weird that (laughs) i ordered it i i can't you don't understand I, I wonder if that bartender was like, wow, an alcoholic sent a drink back. He realized he was slipping and then that he caught himself. That is what and like wiped a tear from their I, cheek. I do have to say her reaction to that was piteous. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, really I get was. it. I get it. I, you know, good for you, guy. Yeah. It was it was it was intense, but I'm still on the train. However, next week is the first post No Juice January episode. And we're gonna get blitzed on Glenn Morangi. Uh, yeah, I'm not gonna be here next week. Fuck. So <laughs> I forgot good, about that. Good luck with that. Uh, uh, news news for the people listening. I'm uh, I'm not gonna be here next week. That's just uh, long and short of it. I don't know what to tell you. I'll tell you about it afterward. Okay. Uh, John, I did a little thing. I went to a wedding, and when I told myself I was doing dry January, I gave myself an exception night, a, a little caveat. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was like, if you go to a wedding with an open bar, it would be rude not to. Because that's the best time to give up your sobriety which is drinking at a wedding which as one gets older is the worst time to drink yeah um and uh so this open bar we were promised a full bar john Mm. what we received was and i'm not disparaging anybody weddings are very fucking expensive and i i'm guessing the open bar option was just just a little bit out of reach oh (laughs) when we had our wedding it was basically the difference between do you just want beer and wine do you want beer and wine and essentially two cocktails or an open bar and the difference between that first group and the open bar is exponential yeah yeah um so rather than an open bar uh they had about four different types of whiskey Two different types of beer, uh, a, a wine, a red and a white wine that they had to like get out from under the counter, which was suspect, and then some other things I didn't care about. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I 
I had Maker's Mark the whole night. Whiskey on the rocks. Okay. And I just had to say, I woke up the next day. I only had like four, and I, I, mean, I hydrated it, before. It's going to make after. you feel good, right? Like straight brown liquor after no drinking for almost a month. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> the night of was fantastic. <laughs> like, yeah, and the, the morning after consuming a bunch of brown liquor after a month of sobriety must have been great. No, I hated every <laughs> second. I woke up with a headache and a stomach ache. And I, I'm like, I drank water during and before and after I must've had like a gallon of water surrounding these drinks. Mm -hmm. And I still just felt terrible for the first like three hours of the next day. And I was like, it's it's not worth it. It's not worth it. I'm never drinking again. (laughs) I, uh, I mean, that's what everyone says. And then we come back the little piggies we are. Uh, I do notice as I become older, because I'm slightly older than you by six or seven years. um, It's not even remotely (laughs) true. uh, But I have noticed that as I get older, um, what it used to be in my early 20s was an eight ounce glass of water was like a a total prophylactic against all hangover symptoms. (laughs) Like I could drink like a demon i could drink 1.5 liters of straight ethanol and then drink a thimble full of water and then wake yeah. up and be like wow i don't feel a thing and then through my 20s into about when i was 30 overindulging with a ton of water would save me from a hangover for the most part. Like, sometimes you'd have, like, some stomach upset or whatever. And now into my 30s, no amount of water is fully protective against it. It helps. Yeah. God help you if you don't drink water. But <laughs> you, will, you will be dead. At some point, any amount of alcohol results in you feeling kind of hungover, no matter how much water you drink. So clock it, folks, at home. 32 is the year your body starts to let you down. 32 is the year where you should probably consider never drinking liquor again, to be honest with you. Cool. I didn't realize my life was over. No, it's over. Party Henry is over. There's no more party, Henry. I will sip a half of glass of a half of glass, a half glass of wine in the corner of every soiree I find myself at. Just get wine, get a half pour Dilute the rest of it with Pepto-Bismol. Can I get a half and half, half red wine, half Pepto-Bismol? I call it a (laughs) rosé. They're like, ah, the (laughs) 32-year-old. We got one old timer. (laughs) Oh, no. And then they have to put a little dunce cap on you. Uh, Uh, So There were other friends at this wedding with the half bar. That's what I'm going to call it. And uh, they ordered an old-fashioned, and they got whiskey ice sprite and a and an orange wedge oh <laughs> really like, yeah and i was like that is that is an abomination that is not an that old a, i'm gonna call that a new fashioned <laughs> yeah new fangled that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's actually a, an incredible alternative name for it the new fangled yeah but uh it was not good yeah, I <laughs> no, I, wanna I, say. i'm gonna say the thing that makes an old-fashioned really good is the bitters the bitters yes of course all right well that's old business do we have any new business <laughs> uh new business i mean at least at our, 
here's a concern that I had at our wedding. Uh, we made some pretty delicious cocktails. We're, oh, they were, we're good. We're geniuses. The old fashioned um, at your wedding was phenomenal. And I'll add, I had like four or five of those, and the next day felt perfect. Yeah, because our thinking was like, if we if we make drinks for people, we're not gonna do heavy pours because it's a long event. So it's just going to be like an ounce and a half of whiskey per a decent amount of simple syrup. It's going to be fine. A lot of ice. You watered down my drinks? No, just a lot of weddings will do like two to two and a half ounces of whiskey. I went with a more traditional old-fashioned ratio. You gave me a weak pour? I thought thought we were friends. Oh, I did cut the whiskey with Sprite. (laughs) That's why it was so – what whiskey did you use, by the way? Uh, it was like Evan Williams bottled in Bond. Uh, I don't know. Is that a good one? Not really. It's it's actually very you cheap. All bottled in Bond whiskeys are cheap, you but give me cheap whiskey. <laughs> here's the thing: if you ever want to make uh, whiskey cocktails in batch, buy bottled in Bond whiskey because it has to be aged for a certain amount. It has to stay in one barrel. It has to be one mash bill. It can't be a blend, and it has to be sold under a certain price, and it has to be a certain proof so it's really alcoholic it's really high quality and it's really cheap the only problem with bottled and bond whiskey is you can't really just like buy it to sip on because it has to be at least a hundred proof and that's just not super pleasant gotcha it's good for mixing great for mixing um but yeah i had to i had to pull that one out of the bank because uh i was a big fan of old fashions back in the day and i've i've graduated away from them they're still pretty good. I mean, that's my go-to drink at a bar just because I can remember how to say the name of the cocktail. Yeah, old fashions are delicious. Yeah. I just started drinking more beer because liquor stopped agreeing with me for reasons we uh, we discussed earlier. Also, right. I'm just going to go out on a limb and judge the wedding you were at. Okay, please. Um, it's weird to have four whiskeys at a wedding. The, I think the bride and groom are really into whiskey. Okay. The, the 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 theme of the wedding seemed to be like these are the things the bride and groom like. They the entire service uh the music came from their favorite anime. Oh, interesting. Okay. They wa- yeah, they walked out to the uh the OP of Attack on Titan. Okay. <laughs> Were they huge? Uh, were they huge and naked when they came out? Not, no. Okay. I, I mean, like, they, they were married, and then, like, the theme of Attack on Titan started playing. It was, it was like, are we under attack? <laughs> they um <laughs> they, they escaped with little grappling hooks from their belts. Yeah. Uh, or whatever um, that show was about. Yeah, during the ceremony, it was a lot of Miyazaki scores, which is like, you, you can't go wrong there. But did, yeah, no. Did they did they um did everyone stand up from their chairs and gather around the bride and groom and force them off a cliff? Yes. Okay. Um uh that's cool. I'm just saying like if you're super into whiskey, maybe just have like one really good whiskey and one really good scotch, but what do I know? I'm I don't a wedding know. I snob no... now. You're a wedding snob. Let's move on. We've actually got a little bit of a small plug for our latest supplemental reading because we've got some fan mail, John. Fan mail? Yeah, so I'm, I'm just going to read this. Uh, if you haven't listened to our supplemental reading on, on RRR, uh, now is a good time to stop listening to this episode and listen to that instead. It is some of our finest work we've ever done. And it seems to have resonated with a lot of people. 
That I'm I'm very glad to hear that. Like every supplemental reading, every one is at least five times better than a regular episode. Exactly. Uh, it, it resonated in particular with somebody whose name is at Ranji Fan on Twitter.com, who writes, It's a treat to listen to you guys, the insights you had and knowledge about Indian epics. Even I didn't notice the Hanuman reference. It was like revisiting RRR movie again. Loved your embrace for the film. I mean, you you did show me this message in the past, and uh, I was glowing off of that for like a day. It, it truly did mean a lot to me. I was having a particularly bad Friday, and uh, I saw that notification come through, and it just changed my entire my entire day. Lit up. I and. We we pointed out something about a movie that somebody had watched and they didn't notice it. I mean, that's just that's what I live for. <laughs> I mean, they I, it hit me in a slightly different way, and this is um, way too revealing of what I have going on behind the scenes, <clears throat> aka my eyes, <laughs> uh, my brain, uh, my <laughs> my brain. But what um, the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Um, this is way too <laughs> revealing of, of my thought you, processes, okay, but buddy? <laughs> it's way too revealing of my thought processes, but one of the only things I've ever, <laughs> ever wanted to be considered as is someone who knows a surprising amount about another culture's mythology. <laughs> and I'm not kidding you in yeah. college. I went through so many uh, Eastern philosophy and mythology classes, hoping that someone would tell me I'm surprisingly knowledgeable about these things. And it had never happened until that day. Well, your life is now fulfilled and you can officially leave this world happy. Finally, wheel of samsara, turn, turn, turn. Uh, the I wheel of sky reincarnate again. Um, keeps on turning the, don't but know of, where I'll be tomorrow. But of course, thank you so much for the for the kind words. It, it really yes. made our day. Thank you, uh, Ranji fan. Thanks for listening, and uh, you know, thanks for writing in. If you guys want to write in, look, it, it really does affect our day. It's great, and uh, we've got more, John. We've got more. For those of you who have listened to the supplemental reading, you know that I asked for somebody to make something for me. John, that's here. Somebody has indeed made something for me. Uh, what? Yes. Uh, if you remember, I was trying to remember our official scale for supplemental readings. Uh, of the course, spectrum. The, 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 the seven. Yes. The seven item diametrically opposed scale. And, and I was like, so I asked kind of offhandedly for somebody to please write this down for me. And you mentioned a certain type of chart. Do you uh, remember this? I don't. Okay. Well, you did. I don't remember the name of it, but here it is. I just sent it to you on Discord. Let me see. Uh, this comes Ooh, from our. This comes from our good friend first, who writes. Hope this comes in handy. I made it half size so you both can have one. Even though we all know that only Henry needs it. Oh my gotta, god, it's a dendrogram. A dendrogram. Gotta have more of you signed first. <laughs> well, first, we gotta have more of you. 
Yeah. Uh, so we have the official zero credits dendrogram, uh, the sup reds rate scale that starts with gotta have less of it and runs the gamut through null in the very center to gotta have more of it. I appreciate the representation of the null state. And I also like for like it and don't like it. The faces look very similar, but they, <laughs> they have they're very, a very, very subtle frown on a very, very subtle smile. And it is the best. So we, we will be posting this to our socials so everyone can see it in time. Uh, when this episode goes live. But for now, uh, we just want a big hearty thanks to First and a good old plug for our supplemental reading of RRR. I gotta say, I really appreciate that it's a dendrogram, which is a visualization that makes <laughs> absolutely no sense for a linear scale. Um, so the fact that I offhandedly said that and it was turned into a dendrogram, incredible. Uh, perfect. No notes. It's my favorite. All right. That's great. Yeah. I, uh, I not peeling the curtain a little back. I did talk to first about this, thanking them for making it. And, uh, they revealed that they had to look up what a dendrogram was. Yeah. It's uh, it's not a popular one. It's just a, it's just a decision tree. Yeah. Um, but yes. Uh, so that that's that that concludes the fan mail <laughs> portion of the episode. Oh, no. I, I feel like I uh, I feel like I uh, sucked some joy out of that, but I have some good news for you, Henry. Oh, what's your news, my friend, John? <laughs> I, we were talking about so many things last week. The RRR movie, for instance, we talked about. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I do remember us talking about a, a score of things, one amongst yes. them, the RRR movie. Yeah, we talked about the RRR movie. Yep. And of course, um, time whew, time has progressed since then, and things have happened. <laughs> this is one of the all-time segues that have happened. <laughs> there are YouTube videos. Um <laughs> Of course, time has progressed and things have happened. And one thing <laughs> in particular <laughs> has one occurred. Th- yes, one thing has that happened. That we're going to talk about. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is there a gas leak in both of our houses? It was really hard to get through that perfect segue. All um, right. Um, something has happened and John will inform us of it and then we'll talk about it. Yes. Now... To begin, we have to go back to two years ago. Oh my god. We have to go back two years to that dark, dark day on the steps of our nation's capital. Oh, wait. You're talking about... What are you talking about? I'm talking about January 6th, baby. That was two years ago. Yeah, that was two years ago. January 6th, 2021. Oh god. <laughs> I know. Everyone has the same reaction when I tell them that. Yes, all right, that dark day 2 years ago, the insurrection attempt. Yes, of course. Yes, the attempted insurrection um by the coward QAnon uh so 2 years ago, you might remember that uh and this is something uh, that has been a hobby horse of Henry and I to talk about on the podcast pretty frequently. Uh, but Donald Trump was removed from both Twitter 
and Facebook and I don't know, SoundCloud or whatever. Uh, and then there was a lot of people saying like, ah, free speech or whatever. Anyway, I was gonna read through Meta's statement, but in short, they have reinstated Donald Trump's Facebook account. Why? And also who cares? Uh, who cares? Nobody. But I also kind of care because I think it's actually, there's there's one interesting thing to talk about here. Um, but why is actually somewhat interesting because they initially, and, and there's a lot of like hand wringing, mealy mouthed, ah, we consulted with experts, whatever, in the statement to officially bring back his account. But after he was initially indefinitely suspended, it was... In the news, very briefly, though not talked about much, that his suspension was actually changed to a two-year suspension after which they would review whether or not to reinstate his account. And those two years passed, and they looked at it, and they decided to reinstate his account. Uh, Initially, people were under the impression that it was a permanent indefinite suspension, but it was changed to two years at a certain point. Uh, here we are two years later. Here we are two years later. And something interesting that is happening surrounding this. Uh, so remember, imagine if you can buddle a buddle a buddle a buddle a 2021. <laughs> Donald Trump has just been removed. Uh, everyone on the right is talking about how it's 1984 times, even though 1984 is actually a really interesting love story and not really. <laughs> a book about a dystopia. It's a, it's a story set in a dystopia, whatever. I love the phrase 1984 times. <laughs> it's 1984 times. It's times it's like, like 1984. Oh no, it's 1984 times. It could be from anywhere between 1984 <laughs> and, and, and the very beginning of 1985. <laughs> yeah. um, but it's 1984 times they were saying, and I think, um, more pressingly and, and more popularly, people were saying that the removal of Donald Trump from these platforms was an infringement on freedom of speech. And this is the aforementioned hobby horse that you and I have talked about dozens oh, of times right. from yeah. Donald Trump. Donald Trump. More like Donald Trump. Uh, <laughs> Donald Trump to Gina Carano. Yes. To, like every you, you, right yeah. wing person who they say got canceled but we would say faced reasonable consequences for crazy behavior right right so yeah the 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 hobby horse we would get on would be like people decry free speech free speech but the punishments they were receiving are from private entities not government entities therefore it is not a violation of free speech exactly it is a what happened to them is the consequences of not following the rules of a a tool or a service provided by a private corporation and unfortunately something that is true about me and i think maybe to a smaller extent or the same extent true about you is i do actually genuinely believe in free enterprise like i think that if someone owns a business as long as that business isn't like breaking the law it should be able to like operate within its own rules and boundaries without too much government intervention now if the government says something like we want all electric cars by 2025 
that's fine. Like you can enact policy that will change the behavior of a company, but I don't think the government should directly interfere with companies directly on a case by case basis. Does that make sense? It, it does. I just had the caveat that the it, it, where the government should step in or is more appropriate for them to step in is when there's harm being done to the, either the community or the environment at large. Exactly. So if you have a bunch of companies that are like polluting the environment or killing babies, you pass laws to stop people from polluting the environment or killing babies. You wouldn't right. necessarily say of these 12 companies that are polluting, we're specifically going to target one of them. The yeah. way that as a legislator, you actually effectuate change is you make sweeping changes in the legislation. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we are a thousand percent agreed. And the unfortunate thing is that uh, the the knife of free enterprise cuts in both directions. And a lot of people post reinstatement of Donald Trump to Facebook are saying things like this should never happen. Uh, the government should do something about Facebook bringing him back. Uh, it's really just the exact thing that was happening two years ago, but reflected on the other side. And I think some of these people who are saying these things were parroting, parroting the free enterprise agree, uh, argument from two years ago, which I think is interesting. Like, you, I, honestly, you either believe in free enterprise or you don't. I, I am personally of the opinion that it's totally within Facebook's right to bring him back. Am I happy about it? No, but I also don't give a shit. <laughs> like, who gives a shit about what happens on Facebook? Right, exactly. Yeah, I mean, he, Trump was re his account was reinstated on Twitter after being absent for like a year and a half or however long it was, um, and that was kind of a to co-opt the term that gets thrown around a lot a nothing burger. Big nothing uh, burger. Big nothing burger because he didn't go back. Mm -hmm. And I feel like this Facebook thing is kind of the same thing. I think Facebook saw what happened with Twitter where he was much more active on Twitter than Facebook, I think. Um, at least that's where I would run into his 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 updates or his, his ramblings, his whateverings. Um, I, I just I think he's, he's not engaging in social media. He's texting, which is like shocking people for the first time. Um, but I don't think he's engaging in social media much anymore. So I think if, if I were to look at this from uh, from both sides, <clears throat> you know, upstanding people on both sides, um, horrible man. <laughs> if I were to look at this from kind of both sides of the incentives of the parties involved, then for Facebook's part or Meta's part, obviously it makes sense to reinstate him. I don't think... Like I said, there's a lot of mealy-mouthed hand-wringing in the statement from Meta about like, oh, we actually changed it to two years, and we talked to this expert council and this expert council. We decided it's right, but we're putting guardrails in place, and he'll be under the same scrutiny as someone else who just got reinstated or whatever. And all that's fine. Uh, at the end of the day, Facebook is a very powerful capitalist institution with a strong profit motive, particularly profit motive towards growth. And if you're Facebook, uh, which is in trouble, <laughs> uh, Facebook is not doing right. great financially. They over indexed oh, yeah. into the metaverse. 
People oh, are yeah. leaving their platform in droves to exclusively be on Instagram and TikTok. Like, in, face, Facebook, Facebook's customer base is literally dying. Yeah, I, there was an announcement. I pulled up Facebook for the first time in maybe weeks today, and a little pop-up announcement showed me that I can now cross-message on both of the apps. So, like, I could message people on Instagram from Facebook and vice versa. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, okay. So, they, they very cheaply doubled their install base by letting you, like, cross-contaminate messages or whatever. Yeah. It's a, it's a desperate little grab to, like, oh, yeah, please remember you have a Facebook comeback over from Instagram, which is by far the more popular and, and populated, uh, what do they call that, app. Yeah, the thing about Facebook is their their line of users is going down. Instagram's line of users is going up. As a quick aside, I think the most pernicious thing they could do, and it's probably going to happen, is they're going to Facebookify Instagram even more. And I think oh yeah, gonna, I think they're going to try to marry those platforms more to smooth the curve and buoy both ships. Uh, but we'll see. But if you are someone who's bleeding money like Facebook and you over-indexed on bad investments into the metaverse, then like Donald Trump, if he chooses to engage on your platform is a cash fucking cow. Like you, you want him back. Cause not only will he bring a lot of the worst kind of people who statistically are way more likely to engage consistently with content than anyone else bad content that will radicalize them and cause them to try to storm the nation's capital. Yeah. Uh, But they're cash cows. You want to bring those people back. And he also generates a lot of hate. He generates a ton of clicks. You want the people who don't agree with him to reactivate their Facebook accounts so they can comment. Yeah. Dang Cheeto. (laughs) They they want to like reply guy facts and logic Trump. Like it, it makes a ton of sense to bring him back. They're falling into the same unfortunate trap as the showrunners of the Velma reboot or, or the <laughs> the Velma show. Okay, I'm here for this theory. Yeah, no, it's it manufacturing outrage and outcry to generate a lot of clicks of people who want to see for themselves and engage for themselves with what's happening. Uh, so you get you get you get. Mr. Trump back onto the Facebook and people are going to like go there to like, I don't know, chew them out or whatever, or chew out the stories about it. And that gets a lot of people that raises awareness on their pages that they're doing this. So more people go and more people go. And then, but it's all manufactured through this outrage to get engagement. Um, not unlike the, I think worst rated animated show of all time, Velma. <laughs> the, the to to describe Donald Trump on Facebook as the the Vel <laughs> as, as a Velma like, if you will, yeah, uh, I, I believe is truly. I mean, in a, in a capitalist society, like if you're on a block full of businesses, and you know that one of these businesses has to have a bonfire outside that people are throwing themselves into, you want it to be your business. 
your because bonfire. Because people are going to remember the business that had the suicide bonfire <laughs> up front. Like, you don't want it to happen at all, right? right. But if someone's if like, they're hey, gonna. not even if they're gonna, they're like, there could be a suicide bonfire here. In a capitalist society, you have to rationally think, well, it's got to be us, right? Like, we've got to, like, if any business is going to have the suicide bonfire, it's got to be us. Like, it's horrible. Right. Look, look, we, we're we not encouraging it. But if it's going to happen, we might as well benefit from the uh, the no bad, the no, the no, the no bad press. Exactly. If something bad's going to happen, you might as well be the one that facilitates it. Yeah. Uh, there, there's arguments to be made that Woodstock 99, which turned into like a riot with people. By the way, everyone should watch Trainwreck, the Woodstock 99 documentary. It's incredible. Uh, where people like started burning things down and turned it into this like truly horrible disaster where a lot of people got injured and sexually assaulted. Yeah. Uh, it's terrible. But like at the end of that festival, someone made the call to start handing out candles to these people and they knew what was going on. So like if, if you have a festival that's bad, you at least want it to be the festival where people are setting fires. Cause then people are going to buy your shirts. Cause it's a part of history, right? You're adding wood stock to the fire. There you go. Uh, all of that to say, in a capitalist society, you're you're expected to accelerate things if something bad is on the menu. But from the other player's perspective, uh, the Donald Trump, the dang Cheeto in the White House, if you will, uh, I think he's not going to bite. I truly don't, I don't think yeah. he is. I think, I don't he, think he is, is over-indexed on Truth Social. Yeah. I, I think that he is a, a very vain, stubborn person who has been trying to get his own social media platform off the ground for so long and it would pain him so badly to fail at that uh because if nothing else we've seen that he's someone who can sink millions of dollars and years into bad investments for the sake of vanity uh i think he's over indexed on that so heavily that he's not going to go back to traditional social media and eventually dwack or whatever spac <laughs> uh <laughs> it's really a, a spac called dwack Whatever, oh, whatever, like weird IPO machine enabled Truth Social to exist, like it's going to go under ten dollars a share. It's, it's yeah. not going to, it's not going to go anywhere. I, I also think that for everything that the man is, the one thing I don't think he can abide by is being used. Like he can smell when he is the commodity, and, and oh, like for sure, if he if it's not serving his purposes, then he wants no part of it. So like. I feel like he got burned by Jack Dorsey, the guy who had Twitter before, or I guess it went public or whatever. Um, I, I feel like he felt burned by Twitter. So he's not going to go back and make a bunch of money for Elon Musk. And, yeah. and he's not about to make a bunch of money for. Oh, I know his name. Mark Zuckerberg. Like, there you go. He, he can like he can sniff out when he's the product and he wants no part of it if he's not getting a cut. Yeah, I mean, is Donald Trump a smart person? No, but he is a shrewd, cruel, <laughs> vain person who holds a grudge. Yes. He will, I, I do yeah. not think he will go back. I truly don't. Right. I, I think he knows when to sell himself. And uh, he, the art of the deal for him is like he, like he did The Apprentice because they probably gave him a lot of money to do The Apprentice. Like yeah. He, he, 
he is at the end of the day a businessman. Is he a good one? Who's to say? Uh, probably not. I'm not one that you you would you would learn from him, but do the opposite of what he does. But that doesn't change the fact that like he does do deals and he somehow keeps an empire afloat. I don't know how. Um, but I feel like he's got one move, and that move is just to Kardashian him and uh, Kardashianize himself. I mean, honestly, at this point, his life's probably a lot simpler. Like, he probably is making money hand over fist from, like, having sponsorship deals with, like, Black Rifle Coffee for making special coffee in a red bag that tastes like a wet Big Mac or something. Like, I'm I'm sure whatever, sh- like, shitty endorsements and business deals and shitty red hats he gets to sell. Oh, like, wet I'm, I'm sure Big he's Mac. Ma- I'm sure he's making a ton of money. So, like, and he doesn't have to put up with the bullshit. He does not indeed uh, get your wet Big Mac coffee. <laughs> get your wet Big Mac black rifle coffee to own the l- 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 libs. Right. Yeah, so I, I do not think he's going to go back. I think this is a, a play by Meta to recruit some of the billions they have sunk into the sinking ship that is the Metaverse. Um, <laughs> Real quick aside. One thing I've noticed in the, like, three or four days since this has happened is every single, like, boomer, and by boomer I really mean Gen X, every single fucking Gen X journalist who writes about this always puts some little fucking barb in there where they're like, but maybe they'll send him to the metaverse so he doesn't have to bother us anymore. I'm like, you don't understand what it is. You don't understand what anything is. This joke is not funny. A million people have made it. Shut up, shut up, shut up. Uh, but, uh, but John, though, uh, maybe they'll cut off his legs so oh, he can be in the metaverse because you don't uh, got legs in the, the metaverse. Ah, the Cheeto. I don't um. Uh, but hey, it, it does seem like a tactic that works because uh, despite being critically panned by fans and critics alike, and really just anybody with a sense of taste and eyes, uh, Velma did get confirmed for a season two somehow. Amazing. Uh, probably because HBO or whoever, the mindless robots behind that that whole company, doesn't view criticism when it comes to making the, these decisions, what they what they judge is a uh, online engagement and boy how did that get a lot of online engagement and that's the metric now you don't even really care if people watch things but if yeah. people are talking about them that drives that's people all. to your service so you know what uh i'm just gonna give a quick salute to velma for being so bad that both sides uh right and left wokes and anti-wokes both thought that the show was a psyop created by the other side to make them look bad. <laughs> I mean that that's that's really some some 4D chess. Talk about an achievement in writing when your thing is so bad that everyone thinks it's so bad on purpose to make each other look bad. Like you that's I don't even know how you you know, I, I would be clapping if we didn't use claps as edit marks. Yeah, if if we knew how to do that, we'd be the most successful podcast on earth. Yeah. But we can't, so we won't. Henry, how come you don't give women a chance? Uh, what? That, what? 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 <laughs> how come you don't give women a chance? What, what do try- you mean? I'm trying to. I'm trying to like make. I'm trying to oh. make the kind of content that these people would. No, thank you. People, <laughs> you don't want to do that. There's an easier way to do this, and that's just to say something wrong. 
oh, so we should just be wrong instead. Yeah, uh, so I, I watched a clip of this guy. I had no idea who he was. It was a TikTok. TikToks don't give you a lot of context. I will say that. Um, but he was doing like a how-to video or whatever, and the how-to video was about these Tic Tacs, and uh, he like had had to make like a little holder for your Tic Tacs so they don't rattle around. And uh, he's like, "Oh, so each side of this thing held sixteen Tic Tacs." So he in the video he said sixteen Tic Tacs on each side, so that's thirty-six Tic Tacs. Okay, yeah, I see. Then he got twenty thousand comments of people telling him that that's actually thirty-two Tic Tacs, giving him a lot of engagement. Yeah. Not meaningful engagement. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Maybe that's a way to make money. Not engagement on the level of uh, Raji fan who gave us glowing commentary. Yeah, not, but... not actual engagement that contributes anything or makes people feel good. But it's a lot of people being like, "It's actually 30. <laughs> right? I don't know. Uh, if, if you want, if you want to monetize or gamify the system, there are ways to go about it. I just don't want to. I mean, the attention economy's fucked. It's it's not. Yeah, good. like case in point. I don't know who the guy in the TikTok the TikTok was. Yeah, but it's gonna live in your head until it's the final memory in your Alzheimer's brain. Yeah, I'm gonna be. Yeah, I'm gonna be in my my intensive memory care unit bed. Just go the TikTok, 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 tick, and then uh, then they'll have to euthanize you. Because uh, that'll finally be legal. <laughs> finally, yeah. Um, and in the and on TV, President Trump will be elected for a second term. <laughs> Wait, are uh, you saying you'll have Alzheimer's very soon, or he'll no, 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 again very late? This will be uh, this will be very very late into the future. He will have found a way of, to longevity, I am sure. But America will need the money. So Man. they're going to elect him president. So a lot of people visit uh, America.social.biz <laughs> so they yeah. can get a lot I mean, of ad revenue. Listen, America really needs the engagement right now. Everyone's always talking about this debt ceiling and the deficit and all this. Why doesn't America just make a social media app? <laughs> yeah, we could pay that thing down in an instant. Every State of the Union address is going to be a video of someone cutting open a big wet bag of Orbeez and spilling <laughs> them on a baby. And then it's going to be like a duet with another guy that goes, mm, yummy. <laughs> Yeah, we're going to 200 trillion views. We'll have thirst traps by secretaries of state. They'll still be just as old. (laughs) But this is what trends content wise. There's going to be a tech talk. It's like day in the life of a United States legislator. (laughs) First thing in the morning, I eat my overnight oats that I prepared the night before. I go to work. I take away people's rights. (laughs) And then I get lunch. Acai bowl. Acai bowl in the cafeteria that is empty. (laughs) Cafeteria that is empty. People are actively (laughs) storming it from the outside. Uh, and then around three, I break into the Google headquarters and play their pinball machine. <laughs> I play their pinball machine. I I kick Sergey Brin in the head. <laughs> I use my, uh, what is it called? Eminent domain to close down a whole block of affordable housing for my new bookstore. <laughs> 
oh boy look bye families and the person is just like waving at the families as they are kicked out onto the street yeah, yeah. bye families as they're like you know separated and deported and they'll never see each other again it's a terrible fate and then it's like asterisk at the bottom they are u.s citizens but we deported them anyway <laughs> Wait, those were legal citizens. They've lived here their entire lives. They were born here. I don't care. That's my day. <laughs> Bye, families. Enjoy Uruguay. And then, <laughs> and that's what, see, that's the outrage that they're generating. And then thousands of comments that get a ton of ad revenue. Bye bye, deficit. I mean, that's the truly terrifying thing about the, the, uh, Almost undeniable fascist future for a number of very well developed. I don't like to say developed countries. Um, for a for a number of countries, is that like uh, as the attention economy is more of a big deal, y- you incentivize people to be extreme fascists because that gets people riled up. Especially in you know what I don't want to get into yeah. the crisis that we're facing with loneliness <laughs> that's causing people to become more extreme. That's yeah. for a different podcast where people have uh, more research than I do. What do you mean? This episode has been perfectly researched. Oh, it's you mean it's another well-researched topic? Uh, did you hear all the stuff I said about the show Velma? <laughs> I did. Did you hear yeah. all the stuff that I said about the, that dang Cheeto in the White House? Yeah, so it's perfectly researched by both of us. Yeah, we both did it. We did. So not this week, I get another pass. Checking it off. Four of 56 weeks in a year. Oh my god. Right? 56 weeks in a year? No, 52. that make you feel anything? You want to comment? 52 oh you you want to engage or share what i just said i can't tell if you hear you're hearing me or if you're doing a bit anyone listening to this want to feel enraged about that uh i guess he's doing a bit well this i don't know get back i I've, just quickly and briefly i want to give a shout out to the movie everything everywhere all at once for leading the oscar nominations with 11 nominations across the board yeah, too bad the friggin' Fablemans is gonna win. And we will be outraged and they will make a lot of money. <laughs> no, this is what Steven Spielberg wanted. It's what he wanted. But yes, shout outs to Michelle Yeoh, to Kei Hui Kwan, to Stephanie Huis- H-S-U, Sue? 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 Stephanie, Stephanie Sue. Uh, and, and the, uh, of course, the Daniels for writing and directing it. And uh, I'm guessing sound. So good sounds and costumes. I don't know all the awards, but shout outs to all those people for, for making a great, a great movie. I just saw it again in theaters this past weekend. And boy, are my eyes still wet. Yeah, good uh, technical horse. I'm technical sure they horse. got like a technical horse. A technical, ho- <laughs> a technical horse. <laughs> I'm sure there was some kind of nomination in there for a <laughs> for a technical horse. Yeah, okay. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, they got nominated for best technical horse, and you, uh, you know the technical Oscars. 
Yeah, yeah, technical Oscars. You got a technical horse, uh, the yeah, horse. Technical horse. Of course, uh, Banshees of Inishire were was also nominated for that category, so it's going to be fierce competition this year because there is a horse in that movie, and boy, just the technicality of that horse. It's a really technical horse. But you know what I'm talking about? Whenever you watch like clips of the technical Oscars, they're always like, it used to be, look at this CGI <laughs> horse like every time the the technical oscars footage would always be like here's here's how much work goes into the craft of making a movie it's just like a horse covered in motion capture balls yeah uh anyway that's the technical horse and And he is the the arbiter of the technical oscars oh i forgot oh i had a whole other thing i was gonna lean into no well that's a shame that's a shame uh, but yeah, the Oscars, that's uh, premiering the same night of the Last of Us finale, so I guess pick one. I guess, you know, I actually started watching that Last of Us show. I can't. You can't? Too sad. I mean, yeah. they. <laughs> what's uh, What's interesting to me is that The Last of Us was sad. You know, it's a, it's a video game inspired by The Road, by people who know how to tell uh, pretty emotionally gripping stories. So it's pretty sad. And then they made Last of Us 2, and the chief criticism of Last of Us 2 is that it is way sadder and much more nihilistic and violent and grim than the first one, to the level where, like... It's almost unplayable by some people. Sure. I guess that's a, that's a valid criticism. Um, and then you let Neil Druckmann get better at making nihilistic, sad, violent things. And you let him write a show on television and it turns out it's pretty fucking sad. Yeah. Um, I have played all of the last of us. I own the last of us too. It is still in its plastic wrap because I, I, can't bring myself to play it yeah uh, a lot of people tell me that La- the last of us was like their favorite game and they play like six or seven times i played it twice um but i don't think i'm in a place in my life where i could play that game again uh but yeah the show really really leans into the sad troubling stuff more than the games did right uh, also, a lot of people are calling it the best video game adaptation ever. I'd say parts of it may be the most accurate. Like, there's long sections of it where the dialogue is perfectly lifted from the game. And, That's, like, some of the yeah. set pieces are perfectly lifted from the game. Which, you know, why change it? Because it's good dialogue. Well, why make it into a TV show if you're going to do that? I mean, that's that's a question. To give Pedro Pascal more work. Oh, um, yeah, he deserves it. He deserves it, Mandalorian. But best video game adaptation? I don't know. The Super Mario Brothers movie exists. Oh, yeah, yeah, with um, actor name. With uh, Bob Hoskins, John Leguizamo, and Dennis Hopper. Oh, yeah, John Leguizamo, who is so mad at Chris Pratt. (laughs) Is he? (laughs) He's very mad that Chris Pratt is not Italian. (laughs) Uh, Sure. Yeah. For, For what it's worth, John Leguizamo... I'm not sure. I'm not sure you're Italian. Maybe I, I is no John Leguizamo Italian? Honestly, I don't really know much about people's nationalities offhand. Uh, you know who's not Italian? Who? Bob Hoskins. I don't know. I have no idea. Uh, well, 
Hold on. Hold John on. John Alberto Leguizamo Palaez is an American actor, comedian, and film producer. Hold on. Hold on. John Leguizamo Italian. He appears to be Colombian. Or of Colombian ancestry. Amazing. Well, Chris Pratt is not Italian. His so. paternal grandfather was of Italian and Puerto Rican descent, and his maternal grandfather was Lebanese, much like Mario. <laughs> much like Mario. Uh oh boy. Give, give What's me a happening? bright give me a Breitbart article about it. Okay. Calm oh, down. All right, uh, so one last thing for this episode, and then we're going to go to sleep. It's late, uh, but John... Henry! As of this past weekend, we finally know. It's been revealed. We deciphered the code, and now we can set the stage for the big game 52. 62? 42. 62. <laughs> the big game XXX. The big game LV2 t- Roman numeral II. LVII. God. Levy. Levy. That's right. And uh, give me a guess. Who do you think's in this big game? Oh, who's in the big game? You know I love to follow professional football. I know you do, buddy. I'm going to say it's the Chiefs. Kansas City Chiefs, is that a team? Yes, that is a team. Okay, I'm going to say it's the the Chiefs and the 49ers. So close you are. Uh, it actually is the Kansas City Chiefs, so pat Do yourself it. on the I back. From my tacit understanding, I think they were actually having a, a pretty uh, tremendous time, and it seemed yes. like they were going to yes. make it. Led by Patrick Mahomes, who is in a State Farm commercial, and that's about the extent of my knowledge, uh, versus the Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, the e- Oh. So, normally for big games, there's a lot on the line. There's glory. There's the trophy, there's there's uh, sponsorships left and right, there's a ring on the line. This is one of the first big games ever where the results of this game could lead to the, de- to the destruction of a U.S. city. Yes, I was going to say my favorite thing about watching big Eagles games is it dictates... Uh, what mood the Philadelphia fans will be in when they raise the city to the ground. Yes. Um, win or lose, we are living in the last couple of days of Philadelphia being a thing. Yes. Uh, but will it be a happy, joyful, joyous destruction or an anger-fueled destruction? That That will need to be determined. Uh, but I, I really feel like, you know, I feel like the National Guard's already being mobilized. If maybe we'll get a couple of army regiments in there. Uh, people are going to try to protect the city of Philadelphia. And I want to just put out right now, that is a mistake. No, you, you need to understand that if they lose, you have to give them the city of Philadelphia. Hand over the key, Mr. Mayor. There is nothing left to lock. I think... 
I think the Eagles were in the Super Bowl in like 2007 or 2008 or something like that. And um, there's just like videos of people with their bare hands like tearing over street lamps and and flipping cars and like it's incredible these these people are the last of us zombies yes uh so a lot of people think it, it was a uh, uh, a mushrooms zombies in the last of us no it's those are just philadelphians yeah they're they're just philadelphians and uh they do uh click containers of skull together to echolocate you <laughs> yeah uh, so it was nice knowing you, city of Philadelphia. I will always remember you as the city that destroyed the hitchhiking robot. Um, I will keep that deep in my heart. And uh, I guess I'll see you in hell. What what city is the Super Bowl in? Oh, um, the city will be played in Glendale, Arizona at the State Farm Stadium on Sunday, February 12th, 530 central time okay it is worth noting win or lose bad things will happen to philadelphia if they lose the city will be destroyed there will be a detachment in arizona that can maybe be dealt with if you were to try to figure out some kind of like airstrike you could probably you could probably end the arizona detachment of the philadelphia eagles fans but give them the city that's where you send the National Guard and the, and the reserve, Army Reserve. Send them to Arizona. Protect Arizona. They, they are, well, not innocent. They are in the crossfire of this conflict. And, and understand, it's in Arizona, so the the citizens of Arizona could be converted to the Eagles fans' way of thinking. Uh, the, the people of Arizona are the drop of a hat away from going feral anyway. Oh, no. So you got to eliminate that. Then we'll really have a contagion on our hands. (laughs) Listen, they thought it was they thought it was fungus. Glendale area area. Glendale, Arizona is ground zero. (laughs) It is. And the only way out is to bomb. I'm sorry. Yeah, we don't make the rules. We just played Resident Evil one and two. And the last of us. There was a lot of bombing that happened. The fireflies. No, there's um bombs. Like the I think when you're in Boston there's like huge huge like craters and stuff because they uh, they bombed places to stop the contagion which like does that work? I don't know. I that And maybe it's in the show, who knows. Boo. Uh yeah, I guess. Uh, that was all pre-covid, so I have no memories of it anymore. Foggy memories. Yeah. But I think that's going to wrap up this well-researched episode of Zero Credits. We talked, we've learned a lot from everything about outrage monetization to um, foggy memories. (laughs) Foggy memories. We talked about a lot, all of it well-researched. Of course, I'm concerned about our ability to keep up the trend of well-researched content while you're out next week. I miss out one week. but if we have an episode, it has to be well-researched to give you the bingo. Oh, you could tank it right here just to ensure I don't win. I mean, I do have a perverse incentive. Um, so so we'll see. From what I understand, you're going to go see some kind of rat next week. A rat king. 
I I really did not want the listeners to find out this way, but uh, Henry is going on, as we all must eventually do, his pilgrimage to see the Rat King. It's my coming of age story at age 32. <laughs> we know that most people don't come back from seeing the Rat King, but we're pulling for you, Henry. And I'll be pulling that Rat King. <laughs> <laughs> if you can free the core rat... You get made the new Rat King. I just wanted a wish. Oh, yeah, but your wish is obviously to be the new Rat King. Oh, this seems like a raw deal. Um, Who wouldn't want to be the Rat King? But in case we don't hear from you, Henry, I figure you might as well do the social media plugs. These might very well be my last recorded words. (laughs) Yes, and I will train an AI to deepfake you in all future episodes. Hell yeah, send the money to my estate. And if you've got things you want to send us that are words or pictures, here's how you're going to do that. Uh, first, you could reach us on twitter.com at ZCPCWHJ, and I, am, I believe John knows what that stands for. That stands for another good video game adaptation was Doom with Dwayne The Rock Johnson. It's one of the few movies where he plays the villain. Uh, but you can reach us on Twitter, uh, up to 4,000 characters. I don't, is that real? Is any of this real? Uh, but for long, he plays the dude, <laughs> uh, for, <laughs> for longer messages than Twitter allows or doesn't allow. You can send us an email to zero credits is a podcast at gmail.com. We're still figuring out the bugs in the system. Maybe we'll never get them out. Dwayne, the doom Johnson. I got to stop reading the chat messages while I'm doing this. Uh, We're on a number of podcast services, including but not limited to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, Podchaser, Good Pods. However you found us, that's the best way we like, so thank you for doing that. And if you could leave us a rating or a review on that service, it would really help us out. But the most important thing you can do, dear listener, is just listen to the podcast and tell other people about it. Uh, just if you could become our spokesman, if we could inhabit your body like an avatar unto a deity of an Eastern religion, that would be great to understand that reference. Listen to our supplemental reading of RRR. Word of the mouth is the only way we can survive. And I. Uh, personally would like to inhabit the body of our listeners like an avatar with my sex ponytail does to a horse sorry let's get a clean one does to a horse you know like an avatar too the way of water oh does somebody like ponytail a horse in that movie you know they actually skip over that because i think in the intervening years maybe people had a lot of questions and they don't talk about that so much did they use that ponytail into birds or did i is that a thing they ponytailed into everything they ponytailed into birds okay this is each other each yeah god trees. (laughs) trees oh their god was a tree or something no 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 oh god what's what's the name oh enya 
is the name of the is the name of the god in Avatar, and they touch the it with singer? the ponytails. Yeah, only time. Mm. Right. Anyway, <laughs> from everyone here at the zero credits, two ponytails entangling with a horse studios. Were there horses? Big blue horses studios. Technical horse. We would like to wish you a happy week. Goodbye. Goodbye. John, can I speak to you over here for a second? Uh-huh. What, 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 what's going on with you right now? I don't know. What, what is happening with this horse stuff? I, you know, it's always been kind of a preoccupation. Are you, really, are you, are you on a horse right now? I'm on a horse. <laughs> 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 <laughs>